We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcon's Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show coming to you live here on this Tuesday evening. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app so you can run. Social media at 92.9 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And follow me at JMCH316 on Twitter. This should not look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So... From Sunday's matchup, uh, some of the pro football focus grades, your top five offensive guys from pro football focus. Um, Caleb McGarry came in at number five, 68.2. Kadero Hodge thought he had a nice game at 69.1. Patterson came in at a 70.7. Drake London came in at 71.5. And number one on offense was, huh, Chris Lindstrom at 79.4. Hey, uh, Garrett, do me a favor. Whatever we do, burn this so that Hugh Douglas doesn't hear that Lindstrom came in as the highest-graded guy on offense. Um, Defensively, uh, Richie Grant was a 64-9 at number five. D. Alford, good to see him start at 65-9. Jalen Hawkins, who I thought had a sneaky good game for the Falcons, probably didn't always stand out on the stat sheet all the time, but I thought Jalen Hawkins played well. 67-1. Mike Ford was a 70.1, and Grady was an 89.8. That's like almost elite status out there. Mariota was a 58.9. Pitts was a 56.2. Those are very average or below average. Michael Walker, 62.5, thought he played well. A.J. Terrell, 53.4, did not have his best game. Casey Hayward was a 55, did some nice things, but wasn't, you know, perfect either. So, Look, some of the guys that you thought that did well, did well. I thought their offensive line played really well. I thought Hawkins had a nice game. I thought Grady Jarrett played really well for them. But, you know, you're, the skill position thing, you know, pro football focus loves Drake London. And, you know, look, the five catches, 74 yards, it's nice numbers. But he had no impact on the game. None. He had no impact on what they were going to do to win that football game or not win that football game. That's where I get frustrated. They were going to win that football game because they ran it so well, they weren't turning it over, and their defense got after the other team's quarterback. That's your formula for winning in the NFL. So, anyway. uh, Pro Football Focus also with their top 15 rookies of week one. So, coming in at number 15, tied for 15 was Garrett Wilson. Excuse me, and Martin Emerson. 
And then at number 13, there was a tie with Spencer Buford of San Francisco and Drake London of the Falcons. Quote, London really is tailor-made for Arthur Smith's offense. Okay, if he's really tailor-made, why the hell did they target him in the red zone? His ability to separate at the immediate, intermediate level and provide a big window for his quarterback to hit was already on display in week one. He hauled in five of seven targets for 74 yards of his view. Again, where's his red zone targets? Five for 74 does nothing for me. When you catch one pass on the other team's side of the field, that's not impactful to me. That's not impactful. That's like eating a low-fat Twinkie. If you're going to eat a Twinkie, eat it full of fat and sugar. Don't give me half and say that I'm going low-carb, lower-sugar Twinkie. Either eat a Twinkie or don't. Can't have my top two targets with no targets. If I have to go and grab, if I'm Arthur Smith, and I have to go and grab my quarterback by the face mask and say, when we get down here, throw it up to him. Yeah, but they're dumb. I don't care. Throw it up to them. Get them in there. Get something called for these guys. Anyway. Um, did you see Debo restructured? Deion Jones. Now, let's see. They opened up some cap space and lowered some of his cap hit. Gee, you think that they're looking to sign 20 guys is why they open up cap space? Or could it be, hmm, Maybe just on a whim, maybe, let's see. Oh, I don't know. They want to make him more attractive from a money perspective because they're going to eat some of the upfront money and bonuses and everything like that and make his cap hit and everything else look easier. Because what are they? They don't need more cap space. They ain't signing. They're not bringing in 15 guys. Anybody get any reports on their off day about 20 guys that showed up at Flowery Branch today? Did Joe Patrick or anybody report on that? No? Okay, why do you think that is? It's to make it easier for a team to want to take on Deion Jones and his contract and salary. That's all. That's literally the only reason you do this move. Especially when you're not going to sign anybody. You don't need more cap space. That's it. You want to make him more attractive. What does that tell you about where the marketplace is on Deion Jones right now? That you have to go in there and gimmick. You have to take his contract and you have to make it Duke the Dumpster Drose. You have to make his contract fake razor. You have to make his contract uh, the goon. You have to make his contract the Mountie. Remember the Mountie? Mountie was actually pretty cool. Anyway, that's why you're doing that. Lord have mercy. By the way, uh, 820, I'll have a message for Arthur Smith. We'll play the clips, and I'll have my message for Arthur Smith. Anyway, um, all right, let's let's uh, let's get to some audio here. Let's start with Drake London talking about he's got to keep doing what got me here. Do what got you here at this point, so I'm going to keep on doing what I've been doing um, and just build off of that. Yeah, look, again, I thought it was a good game for Drake London. But I need impact. I, if I'm going to win football games, I've got to, I've got to have impact. I've got to have guys that are difference makers. You see Julio, by the way, Julio had a nice game down in Tampa. 
Anyway, all right, let's uh, let's hear from the quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Here's Mariota talking about uh, that fumble snap was 100% on me. Yeah, that was uh, 100% on me. Um, you know, unfortunately, I was trying to – we had a great look for the play that we had called, and I tried to cheat it and get, get back a little quicker, so um, I would have an opportunity to read it a little bit better. And, um, you know, it's something that you take for granted, unfortunately, you know, it, it kind of – Got away from us, and that's that's completely on me. Okay, that's all great, and I appreciate that. This is why he's on his third team in seven years as the number two overall draft pick. And I'm not going to speak for every other show. I'm not like anti-Marcus Mariota, but let's have a realistic dialogue about what he is, why he is, where he is. And when I said all spring, summer, into fall now long, that there's a reason why the number two overall draft pick is on his third franchise in seven years. Think about that. You have a guy that you draft number two overall. He should be right now in the second year of his second contract with you. He's on his third franchise in seven seasons. Why? Because of plays like that. I appreciate him owning up to it. But it's a play here and a play there. That's why you lose football games. That's why your franchise that you play for doesn't trust you to be their quarterback. Here's Mariota talking about how he should have slid on that fumble but didn't realize that he had the first down. Yeah, honestly, I just lost track of where I was. I thought I needed a few more for a first down. Um... So I put my head down, not realizing that I already had it. Um, looking back on that situation, wish I would have just gone down, protected the ball. We would have had another chance to score points. Okay, again, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate your honesty. Can't disagree or hate on him for what he said. But why do you lose football games in the NFL? Why is your quarterback on his third franchise in seven years? Again, he made some plays where he reminded you that he was the number two overall draft pick, right? You can see that the kid's talented, and he's got some ability. Then there are times when, oh, that's why he's not been able to latch on with any franchise, right? That's the up and down, and it's going to be like that. And let me tell you, honestly, I'm not for throwing Desmond Ritter in right now. I know the offensive line played really well, and they're going to be better. But I don't completely trust our offensive line yet. I don't have 100% faith in our offensive line to go out there and keep my rookie quarterback upright. I'm not ready for my rookie quarterback to get in there and get his brains beat in or anything like that. I don't want to see that. If I'm going to get somebody's brains beat in, let me let Marcus Mariota's brains get beat in because I don't have anything long-term invested in him. All right, here's uh, Michael Walker talking about uh, helping to fix things with Dean Pease on the sidelines. I mean, for me last year, like, obviously I was kind of not playing as much, not playing that much, so like, I really can't see the difference, but I can tell when I talk to Debo over here, he's always with me. Um, it just makes a huge difference. I mean, we can go on the sideline right now and get things fixed, so I think it's great to have him down there, and I mean, I love it. I'm loving it so far. So. Well, look, you saw Michael Walker was wearing the captain's uh, microphone, right? He had the green sticker on his helmet. I love me some Michael Walker. I'm an unabashed Michael Walker fan. And Dean Pease really likes him, too. I thought Michael Walker played well. I want to see him grow. Remember, this kid 
this is still a kid and a young player that has to grow into what he is. We've barely seen anything out of Michael Walker. Um, here's him talking about the fourth quarter where he says nothing changed on their end. Uh, I mean, I don't think anything changed. I just think, you know, when the momentum comes, like I said, we got to come together as a team on the sideline. we got to put that out. I mean, I mean you got to credit to them. They threw the ball up in the air and made some good plays on it. Well, okay, yes, Winston was outstanding in the fourth quarter and had a perfect quarterback rating. But I don't think they got the same kind of pressure. I don't think they had the same vigor. I know they didn't have the same kind of lockdown secondary mentality. Something was different about that fourth quarter and the style and the aggressiveness of our defense. I'm not saying you got to blitz on every play, but you, you, you have to keep up, especially once you've got the lead and you're trying to close the game out. You're going to have to get after the other team's quarterback. All right, let's hear from uh, Arthur talking about how Kyle Pitts had a quiet day. Yeah, I, I mean, we, I did everything good. Was that it? You run the ball 38 times. You know, we, we held on the ball. I think we had over 400 yards of offense. It's not going to, you know, I think that's what – there's a lot of different ways to play, right? There's a lot of – you know, there's a certain, there's certain way we play offense. Uh, and certainly other teams play it a different way. It may be, you know, aesthetically more spread out. And you, it may be a little more drop back heavy and, and, and try to look all pretty with passing stats. Uh, we're just trying to win the game. He affects the game. I think the one thing that was very encouraging, and I think Kyle, it's not just lip service in one of these preseason stories, he blocked really well yesterday. And we're certainly going to target uh, Kyle, but we also have other good players. So if you want to take him away, I was very encouraged by what I saw about Drake. Uh, <sighs> I thought OZ made some good plays. And Hodge will continue to, to look to improve and get, get everybody involved in the offense. But Kyle had a huge impact on the game. All right, Garrett, let me ask you a question. Is Jalen Hurts last year, is he a drop back, stand in the pocket, huck it all around quarterback? I wouldn't say so, no. Okay. He's a run first guy, right? I would say they so. They want to be a run offense, right? Yeah, they run okay. the ball about 60 times now, a game. Now, ask me what they did in the first drive of the game last year here in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. What did they do? Threw a touchdown pass to their rookie first round wide receiver pick. Remember that play to Dante Smith? I was there. First series of the game? I was there. Okay, why can't we do that? <laughs> why do we not do that? Pretty sure Devonta Smith is also like five foot nine. Kyle Pitts is what, six foot seven foot tall. Seven seventeen feet He's tall. He's supposed to be a unicorn. Well, he blocked well. I don't want to hear my head coach. You you know when you tell me he blocked well? Coming off of a 13 catch. 140-yard, three-touchdown game. Then we can have some fun and talk about how well he blocked. Not when he's two catches, 19 yards, on seven targets, and not a single target in the red zone. This is getting absurd. This is what I gave up Panay Sewell and Micah Parsons for? Here's Chris Lindstrom feeling, uh, feeling like they played well on the offensive line. You know, a good start to the season. That's something to build off of. And uh, as I said, we just have to keep winning those cr crucial and critical situations. And, you know, we need to be able to close it out on a four-minute drive. Um, but felt good. Absolutely. Four-minute offense in the NFL. Ask Bill Parcells about how important four-minute offense is. Ask Bill Parcells about four-minute offense. 
That will tell you whether or not you're going to win a game in the NFL. Can you run effectively a four-minute Can you close out a team in the NFL, pick up some first downs, move the chains, keep the clock moving? Four-minute offense, six-minute offense in the NFL. All right, when we come back, we'll play the clips from Arthur Smith, and I will give the coach a message. It's all next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, First and Pod is a new podcast by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. They'll get you ready for week two in the NFL. Check on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast from. First and Pod, new episodes come out on Mondays and Thursdays. Chuck, we back here in the Key Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond Tech sign to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 92.9 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow me at JMCH316. We'll get to What's Bugging Chuckery coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. So after the game in his press conference, Arthur Smith got a little salty and testy, okay? So we'll play you that clip. It's very short. And then we'll play you when I'll play you his answer from yesterday's presser where he's asked about it. First, this is what Arthur Smith had to say before he stormed off the stage and went in and had enough. So write whatever y'all want. The same guys that you guys ranked as 45th, you buried us in May. Bury us again. We don't care. We'll get back to work. Thank you. Okay. Now, Arthur Smith was then asked about his comments about, hey, if you had to do it over again, would you do something different? This is Arthur Smith talking about how he maybe should have framed his comments differently. Obviously, you're, you're frustrated when you lose, especially that type of game, that wasn't an indictment on anybody in the crowd. It was more of a, and I could have certainly framed it differently, but it was more of like, hey, this team is has made progress and we're here to compete. And uh, 
yeah, it wasn't an indictment on the crowd. And yeah, I can be better. You talk about being objective, you know, don't let frustration and make some grand, vague statement. That's really not what my point. My point was more of this team has made a lot of progress. Uh, we finished games last year, ironically, down in New Orleans, and we got to clean up stuff in the fourth quarter. But it starts with me. Okay. So by the crowd, he meant the media room, not not fans and stuff like that. All right. Several things about this, Coach, because I'm here to help, okay? I'm an Arthur Smith fan. I'm a Dean Pease fan. I like our coaching staff. And what have I said? Look, here's the thing. I appreciate Coach's emotion because here's what I don't want to hear after games and losses and things like that is do right longer, fast and furious, all gas, no brakes, the bear's loose. Where the hell's the bear? When did the bear get loose? Why do we have a bear loose? I don't want to hear all that talking points, dribble, political campaign speeches, slogans, bumper stickers. I don't want to hear all that nonsense. So I don't mind Arthur getting emotional. Now, he said multiple times in his presser about 45th writing us off in May. Who? Because. You know, I was mentioning this to Carl on the way out. No was a team in an NFL town roots for a bad NFL team because that sucks, and that's a long of having to watch bad football once a week and then cover it. Now, does USA Today or some, you know, vagabond organization think the Falcons are going to be off order? Sure. But by and large... Most people in this town are excited to see the changes. It's a new era. For many of us, Coach, I've been here since even Elliot Landville was coaching the team. So to say that I've been through ups and downs and everything on the Falcons, I've been here for it. But the but if you go with against the world, you won't get away with that when you have results like Sunday. But when you end up with that kind of result on Sunday, the us versus them mentality doesn't cut it, doesn't fly. Now, would I rather have my coach speak in bumper stickers and campaign slogans? No. But the idea of the first thing we want to do when your DC couldn't get any pressure dialed up, when your quarterback couldn't make a play, all the guys that you handpicked, yes, they've done a lot of things better. Their offensive line looks like it's better. Their defensive line looks like it's better. They did get to the quarterback. But Arthur Smith, as much as anybody around, knows that in the NFL, the not-for-long league, you know why Arthur Smith is the coach? Because the last guy that came to us with platitudes, campaign slogans, Bumper stickers, um, you know, those banners that fly on the back of an airplane, the side of the Goodyear blimp, billboards, radio, aver- you know, do right longer, the Bears loose, fast and furious, Hunger Games index, embrace the suck. We don't want to embrace the suck anymore. And you can't make it us versus them. Because we're emotionally tied into all of this. We're there emotionally. 
And, you know, Arthur, when he was in studio here with Dukes and Bell, or he's talked about his pressers, wanting to rally the fans behind it. Well, I asked at the very top of the show, the gate, you lost that kind of game on Sunday. If you go out and you lose to L.A. and Seattle, and you come back here and you're 0-3 and asking your crowd to show up and get behind us, playing against a playoff-caliber team in the Browns, even without their quarterback. Garrett, ask me who the Browns are bringing with them even when they're not bringing Deshaun Watson. Who are the Browns bringing? Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Batoni, Amari Cooper. They're bringing all of those guys. They may not have their same trigger man under center, but they're going to bring all those other guys with them. And how much are people going to rally around the idea of a bad football team and my coach is like, well, see, you know, you guys had to. No, I didn't. I work for a media company. I know the people at Fox 5. I know Kelly. I know Tori. I know DJ. I know D-Led. I know these people. I know Michael Rothstein. This is not about us versus them, coach. This is about having a little bit of humility when because of what you guys did with the people that you picked. I didn't pick Marcus Mariota. I didn't pick Dean Pease. You can't sell me on Dean Pease is in his 50th year as a coach, and then our defense just went to pot for a quarter, and the quarterback for the other team had a perfect, perfect QB rating. Because I'm with you, coach. I think we're better, and I think we're going to be better than what those people. You know why? Garrett, ask me where they build all these huge casinos with the billions of dollars that people gamble on. Where are the casinos? Las Vegas. And they put the odds out and said, you guys are only four and a half wins. And I believe you're going to be more. It's not a matter of where we picked you. There's a difference between saying you're not going to be 15-2 and because of the way your roster is when you've moved on from the most important player in your franchise's history and you've moved on from some of the best players ever at wide receiver and, and other places. You may move on from one of your better linebackers that you've had in the last decade. But the idea of... You know, well, you know, we the narrative and all this and the other. Well, you don't think you just played into that, Coach? When you had a game that at one point you were back to that 98th percentile winning percentage, right? Back in the 98th percentile winning percentage, and we gave it away. And as fans, that's frustrating. As frustrating as could be. Here's a stat for you. This is from CBS Sports. Ready? Ready for this, Garrett? You know how I gave you the greatest stat ever on Saturday, did I not? Was that not the greatest stat of all time I gave you? It was pretty great. It was pretty great. No, it wasn't pretty great. It was was damn sure great. So here's after the loss to the Saints. The Falcons are now 5-3 and over their last three seasons worth of games where they led by... 15 or more points in the fourth quarter. 
They're five and three over the past three years when they've led by 15 or more at some point in the fourth quarter. Garrett, ask me what the entire rest of the NFL is when they lead by 15 or more in the fourth quarter over the last three years. What's the record? 244, two losses, one tie. We have more losses in the last three years when we lead by 15 in the fourth quarter than the entirety of the NFL does over the same span. Think about that. And that's why we get frustrated. And that's why people don't have faith. You know, you've got to rally your crowd right now because 0-3 and coming back here to Mercedes-Benz, that was a good crowd on Sunday. People were amped up and hyped up. We loved what we saw. It was a lot of fun. But when you go out and you give the game away, I mean, you don't make a play, and you lose a game you should have won, and then want to get into a, a whizzing contest with the media, well, you, you wrote our – no, he didn't. But if you're 0-3 and you come back home, you are going to get people that are going to start to write your obituary at that point. You are going to have people that are going to come to the stadium with a gravestone if you're 0-3 with the Browns back here at home in week four. Yeah, won't take long, will it? Because, see, the last guy had, for even going to the Super Bowl, the last guy had three of his five seasons where they had a five-game losing streak, which is not easy to pull off in the NFL if you're a halfway good team. He had three of those seasons out of his five, and that's why he's not here anymore and should have been fired the year before. He shouldn't have gotten his final season where he had another five-game losing streak mixed in, and he lost multiple games where we were way out in front and couldn't close it out. This is not us against them. The fans are not going to be on your side, Coach, if that's the approach that we have when we lose a game. And I know, and I understand the emotion of it. I really do. But you know why they pay Arthur Smith millions of dollars? For him to be able to handle those kinds of situations and not let motions get the better of you or dictate to you what you say. You can like that or not like that. I want emotion, but I also have to have some rational, reasonable thought with it. And if you need a couple of extra minutes, take a couple of extra minutes. But I can tell you the us versus them thing ain't going to work if you come back here 0-3. You ain't going to rally the troops in your stadium. You ain't going to fill that building up at 1 o'clock on Sunday with an 0-3 football team that gave away a game it should have won to our division rival, to the people we don't like, to the franchise we loathe. You know, it's not like we lost that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We lost that game to the Saints, who I think are what? What are they now? Are they five and one in their last six against us, or something like that? Didn't what? Was it Sean Payton said that about that rivalry being dead? It's not a rivalry anymore because he just—I mean—he dominated us. Well, he I, obviously he's not the coach there he's, anymore, he, but he certainly dominated Mike Smith. He I dominated mean, during his during that rivalry. Well, I mean, but, he, I mean, he beat that the breaks off of, of of the Falcons his entire tenure that he was here. 
I mean, they, man. I mean, they, they the Falcons had a, a massive advantage in that rivalry just going back a decade, and, and that has just dwindled. I mean, it's a tied. It's tied now. Well, fifty-three there's, all. There's a difference between somebody on the text line says, "Well, I don't need Arthur Smith to go soft." Nobody's asking him to go soft. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the words I'm saying. Well, I'm happy to see how he was after the game. Really? Because that ain't going to rally the troops, folks. The us versus the media ain't going to rally the troops. You can be emotional and fiery without isolating the people that are on your side. Because that's what you'll do. You come back 0-3, you will have people start writing your obituary about burying you. Because you gave them the open door for it. And you invited them when you said, well, you guys already wrote us off. They'll write you off. They will if you act like that. And then you don't win on top of it. What's bugging Chuck Reed when we come back? It should have been even more punishment. We'll talk about that next. Chuck Reed in the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app. Radio 92.9, the game back at the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios Tuesday night with you. 404-741-09. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media at JMCH316 on Twitter. Get to what's bugging Chuckery coming up here in just a, a couple of minutes. Hey, uh, week one's in the books in the NFL. It's a podcast to help you bet smarter on both uh, pro and college games. Mike Valenti and Jim Costa set the stage for the weekend of football with some tips and tricks to help you bet confidently. Get the uh, cash the ticket for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're about an hour away from first pitch for the Atlanta Braves, of course, in this series here in San Francisco to take on the Giants after a uh, loss last night. I didn't even look to see if the uh, thing or anything yet. But, um, you know, fortunately last night uh, did not hurt them. All right, so they're down 3 nothing. How about that? How about that? 3 nothing already. Who have they got? They got Miami or the Marlins or oh, – they got the oh, they got the dreadful Cubs, yeah. Uh, DeGrom's on the hill tonight too, by the way. So he's already given up. How about DeGrom? He's already given up three runs and four hits in four innings, a homer and six strikeouts, 73 pitches for him in four innings already. So uh, good news we get the Mets to lose uh, again. Uh, but we'll see what Kyle's got tonight because – He's getting an extra night of rest. You know, he's getting an extra day of rest from his last start. Obviously, he had talked about some fatigue issues and this, then the other dead arm, whatever it is that you're out there. So, interested to see because, look, he's had an outstanding season for the Atlanta Braves. No other way to describe it than he's had an outstanding. And you want to see him finish strong, especially heading into the playoffs. Because, look, they are going to count on him to be, you know, one of their top pitchers in the playoffs, whether he pitches in – Game two or three or however they work this thing around, Max Fried's going to get the ball in game one. Uh, there's no question about that. But where you go from there, that could be dictated over these next few weeks. If Strider pitches really well and, and Kyle Wright fades, might see Spencer Strider in that game two. Kyle Wright gets it together and, you know, he's a 20-game winner and, you know, he's got it back on track, may see him in game two. I'm not going to be mad, to be honest with you, with either guy. I, I don't think you – I don't think there's a loser in that situation. This isn't the, you know, Dallas Keuchel, Mike Soroka discussion. 
Now, we'll talk some more Braves baseball coming up the top of the hour because I do have a question for everybody. And it's a, it's a as, as Billy Joel famously said, it's a matter of trust, right? Or who, what was it? The, the Jack Nicholson is the Joker in Batman when he said, who do you trust, who do you trust, who do you trust, right? So we'll talk about that coming up at the at the top of the hour out there. But uh, obviously we'll get back Sunday. Don't forget, Wade for Tailgate Show. We'll get you started on uh, on Sunday. Remember, it's a little bit later on uh, Sunday for the uh, Wade for Tailgate Show. I believe that it is, uh, what, it's uh, 10 to 12, I believe, or something like that. What the hell time do we get uh, we get going on Sunday here? And this doesn't have it out there. But anyway, um, Falcons are 2 o'clock pregame. Yeah, so we'll be noon to 2. We'll be noon to 2 on Sunday for you. So obviously a little bit later start out in L.A. And the Falcons said, you know, obviously we knew this going into it, but they're going to stay out in L.A. and or I shouldn't say they're going to stay in L.A., they're going to go from L.A. up to Seattle, and they're just going to stay out on the West Coast for the week. And I think it's better to get this trip out of the way now. Get this trip out of the way now while everybody's healthy, not fatigued by the season, talking about the players and coaches and everybody, right? Get this long West Coast trip of back-to-back weeks out on the West Coast. Get it out of the way now early in the season, and then get back home here, you know, come week four, and we'll see what they look like against the Browns at that point. But – you know, look, one and two would look a lot different than if they come back 0-3. Uh, I think Sunday's going to be a very interesting test. Can they win, you know, either of these two games? Sure. I think they showed you that if they play their game and they get after it. Look, again, in the NFL, teams can beat anybody on a given Sunday. But whether you close or not, whether you've got that closer mentality, that's going to be the difference in it. So we'll see what happens, you know, out in L.A., but – um, obviously the Super Bowl champs not real happy about their performance. You know, they're going to be looking for some, you know, get back and all that kind of stuff as well. All right, speaking of get back, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. So we got word earlier today that the – Owner of the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, who is Robert Sarver, is suspended for a year from both organizations and will have to pay a, and and this is the part that is just kind of head-scratching, a $10 million fine. Now, this is what the NBA said were their findings in this investigation, Okay. Mr. Sarver, on at least five occasions during his tenure, repeated the N-word when recounting the statements of others. Mr. Sarver engaged in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, made many sex-related comments in the workplace, made inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees and other women, and on several occasions engaged in inappropriate physical contact toward male employees. Mr. Sarver engaged in demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including yelling and cursing at them. Now, let me ask you a question. What's the difference between this and Donald Sterling? What did Donald Sterling do that was so different than what this is? Because I'll be honest with you, A $10 million fine. I'm sure this guy's a billionaire, too, by the way. 
Let's see how much Robert Sarver, his worth is. I'm sure he's worth billions. But for a guy who, oh, let's see here. All right, so they say he's worth $800 million. Okay? So you gave him a $10 million fine. Okay? And they said it's going to go to organizations. Okay, blah, 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 whatever. Okay? A year and a $10 million fine. Can I tell you that they still hadn't gotten the penalty right? Why is this guy not getting forced out? Especially given the culture that we live in. You've got racial comments, sexual comments, inappropriate physical touching, inappropriate behavior, inappropriate language. Why is this guy not getting run out? Maybe he will, but there should already... Look, they were ready to throw Donald Sterling out as soon as that video came out or whatever, right? When we saw videos and heard the tape and all... They were ready to throw him out. Like, they, like everybody was ready. Why are we not ready to throw this guy out? I don't know who Robert Sarver is. I don't really care who he is. I wouldn't know Robert Sarver if he came into my cul-de-sac and dropped trowel and took a leak in the middle of the road. Wouldn't know who he is. Don't care who he is. But at what point do we really punish bad behavior with some of these guys? I say this all the time. These penalties never really matter. You can say, well, he's going to be gone for a year. So he's going to have all of his flunkies and toadies and everything else do everything. He can't go to the facility. Okay, so he'll be in Belize for a year on vacation on a yacht. And he'll get updates every 10 minutes from everybody. From his GM, from his president, from this, from that, from this person, from everybody. And he'll be on an island with a yacht for a year, soaking up the sun, enjoying life. He'll take his $10 million that he'll write off on his taxes. And nothing will have progressed or moved forward. Again, maybe they will. Maybe there'll be an outcry and it'll be, we got to get rid of this guy. I haven't heard it. I haven't seen it yet. All I saw was this. Letter from the NBA and and the penalties that went along with it and what their findings were. Imagine what they didn't find. Imagine if in your findings that you said that he was using the N-word repeatedly, that he was using inappropriate language around women, that he was inappropriately touching male employees, that he was basically browbeating his employees. Imagine what they didn't find or what they didn't report. If these are the three bullet points of stuff that we know that he did for sure based upon the findings, imagine all the stuff we didn't find. And that's why I say there's no reason for guys like this to be owning sports franchises. There's not. It's not cute. It's not funny. You know, it's it's not whimsical, oh, that silly old, you know, Robert Carver or whatever the hell his name is, Sarver. Oh, that Robert Sarver, isn't he funny? Dropping the N-word, inappropriately touching people, browbeating his employees. But I'm sure he's a fun guy at parties to be around and everything. At some point, clear these guys out and hold them to a different standard. But I say that 
But the people that are his peers, the other owners and stuff like that, think about the owners. Think about who owns the New York Knicks, right? Think about the people that are the other owners in the NBA. And I guess, you know, when you have that kind of money, you know, it used to be in the old days that I think the term was uh, eccentric. That used to be the term in the old days. Yeah, that doesn't fly anymore. So, you know, listen, Robert Sarver won't get a chance to be around the Phoenix Mercury. He won't get a chance to be around the Phoenix Suns. Okay? He, he won't have a chance to, you know, go to the facility. Okay? I'm sure he'll be fine with his $800 million, most likely his yacht, his private island. And by the way, you think Robert Sarver is going to change his behavior at all. You think he's going to do in a year from now, you think he's going to be a reformed guy, a changed man. You think it, I think he's what in his sixties, I believe think he's going to have a come to Jesus moment, huh? Cause he couldn't go to the Mercury Phoenix building and, and say something inappropriate to his female basketball players while he's on his yacht having a you know a mai tai and a and a cohiba in belize i don't think this guy's probably going to get it probably not going to soak through his skull he's got his 800 million he's got his life behind him now it's just kind of ride it out more of these guys got to be thrown out of the league and that's what's bugging chuckery 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. We'll get to our – we'll hear from Ken Segura, by the way, uh, if you didn't get the chance to get that inter- interview earlier at 940. We'll talk to Aaron Torres coming up at 10 o'clock from Fox Sports. Talk some college football with him, and uh, we'll get his thoughts as we go around the country. Coming up next, though, in Snitker we trust, Right? Up next, Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Right Now, the game, Odyssey.com app. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.